is up you guys welcome back to another episode of the nova project i am so excited for this episode i've been meaning to plan and record this episode with dia for so long but i feel like things kept getting in the way like midterms and stuff like that but we finally did it we finally recorded um we just got off the call a couple minutes ago so i'm recording the intro and outro right now um but today is sunday you'll be listening to this on monday which is tomorrow tomorrow is gonna feel so much better than today honestly like if you know me personally you know that i hate halloween with a passion i know don't come for me but Halloween has just never been a good holiday for me. I don't know. I've just, I've never liked it. Everything has always gone wrong on Halloween for me, so I'm not a big fan, but I'm just super excited for today to be done with. I'm going to stay in my house, maybe watch a couple scary movies, maybe hand out some candy if we get any kids in our neighborhood. I'm not even sure if we're going to get kids in our neighborhood this year, um, because, like, you know, COVID has changed a lot of things when it comes to Halloween, but yeah, so today I sat down with Dia and we recorded an episode all about money. We recorded and we talked a lot about financial literacy, how to become financially literate, what it's like being someone of our age, kind of like in your early to late 20s, managing your money, how to save money, literally all things money. So if you're someone who's super stressed or anxious about the topic of money, I feel like this episode would be amazing for you to listen to. So super excited for you guys to hear that, but without further ado, I'm going to save my highs and lows of the week. Um, Honestly, I haven't really been doing a lot of things this week, but probably the high of my week has been just getting way back into my schedule and being more organized, being more time efficient. I feel like I've really gotten my groove back, so to speak, if you will. Um, So I've been feeling really confident with that, but I guess my low of the week has just been like, I've just been feeling so low energy these past couple of days. I have no idea what it is. Maybe it's just the fact that I've been like, go, go, go for the past couple of weeks, but I don't know. Like if you have any tips on like being more energetic, like coffee honestly is great and I love it, but it wears off after like four hours for me. So by the end of the day, I'm literally like dragging myself to complete the things that I have to do. Um, But my program has been going well. I'm super excited to see all the strength gains that are coming. I've been really enjoying it. So yeah, those are my updates. Um, Not really much to talk about, but without further ado, here is Dia. Okay. Hey guys. So I'm here with Dia. Super excited. Um, Today, we're going to be talking all about money, financial literacy, kind of like how personal development relates to that. So yay, super excited. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. It's been a while. I know we've been like trying to plan this for so long, but I feel like things have just been getting in the way and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I know. Um, Yeah. So how about we start off with a quick little intro? So like, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Like all that stuff. Yes. Ooh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so my name's Dia. I am originally Indonesian. And then when I was nine years old, I moved to Qatar in the Middle East because my dad got a job there. So I lived there until I graduated high school in 2018. No, not 2018. That was 
I'm older than that, in 2013. <laughs> um, and then I moved to Vancouver, Canada um, by myself to pursue my bachelor's degree in industrial design. I went to Emily Carr University. And so I've always been into like the artsy side um, of things. I started doing photography since I was 12. And um, I decided that I wanted to stay in Canada. So I've been like working the past few years uh, since I graduated university. So that was in 2018. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I said 2018 because I was like graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shifted between different jobs because I was looking for something that would support me with like my permanent residency paperwork. So the past few years, it hasn't really been like related to my degree. And also I realized that towards the end, industrial design isn't really something I wanted to pursue, but obviously I'm still into the creative and design industry, but I was figuring out what I wanted to do. But then with my photography and social media, I realized like, digital marketing was more of the avenue that I wanted to get into but in terms of work like it's not related just because I I, it was just like a passing by doing it for the paperwork kind of thing Mm -hmm. and yeah and so in terms of finance last year during lockdown I was laid off just like a lot of people And honestly, because I'm such an extrovert, like the first one really hit me in terms of social life. I was bored and one of my friends was already doing it for a while. And I was actually her finance client. I had investments under her. And so I was like, you know what? When is a better time to learn about money than this pandemic? Um, And I had all the time in the world to do that. So I signed up and I'm now licensed as a financial professional in Canada. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) So you've had a bunch of different things going on, a bunch of like different, I guess, because like with Instagram and like being creative with like that and then photography as well as finance, like that's like a very broad spectrum. So that's really cool. So what is it like being like taking your Instagram and using that platform to kind of broadcast how to be financially literate and talking about the finance industry. Like, what is it like doing that? Because they're two very different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was interesting shifting it because I had, I, so my Instagram went through a lot of changes the past few years. There was one point where I had a separate account for photography, but it was just too hard to maintain. Yeah. I kept just like posting some of my pictures and some of my photography work and my personal one. Um, And then with finance, it's like, I, it was pretty difficult to figure out how do I bridge the two or if I had to sacrifice like the photography. Um, And it was, it was a lot of shock for a lot of people too. It's like, oh, that was a huge shift, but not really because a lot of the things that I've been advocating like even before I became licensed was things about like mindset things about abundance and all of those things so I think like the finance side just really added on to you know all the mindset positivity kind of things that I was uh, conveying 
And I think for me, like in terms of shifting it, it was, it was more of just in the doing, just posting what I felt like I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a few months, I figured what worked and what didn't. And so pushed what worked and just kept on going from there. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I see your reels on my homepage all the time. And I'm like, this girl is killing it. Like, just the way that you integrate all this information and then also making it funny at the same time and like super accessible for people to see. Like, I just think that's honestly the coolest freaking thing in the world. So I'm glad you love it. it. I'm glad. Yeah, no, I'm always open to suggestions. Um, Well, I think also because I realized a lot of this information wasn't, not that it wasn't accessible, it wasn't pushed onto like our generation, like the millennium Mm -hmm. Gen Z. And when our generation think about money think about you know building things for ourselves it sounds so boring and heavy so that's one of the things that I'm looking into which I'm glad you caught is how do I make these information easy to digest and you know showing to people that it's not it doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be heavy and Mm -hmm. you can do it if you want to yeah so speaking of our generation and I know like because I'm 20 and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like borderline I think I think it's like 2000 and 1999 that's millennial honestly I don't even know um (laughs) but in terms of like gen z and millennials like how financially literate would you say our generation is like do you think we're like pretty educated on money do you think like we're lacking in that sort of field like what do you think um that's a tough one because I I think so almost lacking actually, like not super um, well-informed, but also I think a little better than the generation before us. Um, But the thing is what I realized is like a lot of our habits are still similar to the generation before us while the economy and just the dynamic of the world now has changed so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with the pandemic and everything that's happened. Like, I feel like for me, because when I was in high school, we had to take this course called Planning 10. And it was essentially just a bunch of things like they taught you about like, I remember we had to do this one project that was a budget project, we had to pretend that we were buying a house and we had to kind of like map out all of our expenses. But in terms of investing and kind of knowing like where to put your money or how to use it efficiently, like we were never really taught that in school. So I was thinking about this earlier, like where do we go to find information and sources that we can trust to find information about doing that? Like, is there any sort of platform that we can turn to to learn about these things or is it just kind of like a free ball and kind of situation? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting question too. Also, by the way, that was great that you had that budgeting class because mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I don't know. And, well, I didn't grow up in Canada, but I don't think a lot of my friends who grew up here ever mentioned that as well. So that was great that you had that. But yeah, in terms of investing, I again, this is one of the things is like, because when I first came here at 18, didn't know anything about money. Just, you know, I had, I had, my own money and then went to the bank to put it and they were promoting all of these like platforms to invest but never really like explained to me why I needed that why that was suitable for me and 
they were telling like an 18 year old who just moved to a different country, like a lot of keywords that were just so heavy and like mm-hmm. it was really difficult to understand. And um, I never ended up having like not even a savings account up until last year. I only had a checking account. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And that's when, so I don't even know, like, I almost want to say go to your local bank, but then that, that didn't help me personally. Mm-hmm. And I know um, with a lot of my clients too, sometimes like banks only take in people with a certain amount of money for you to get a good uh, rate, to get a good uh, package and whatnot. So, and one of the things that attracted me to doing what I do was that my friend who was doing it um, before me, who I was, you know, I started off as as her client. And actually when she approached me to offer help, she was still um, in the process of getting her license too so she had her trainer who's now one of my great trainers too um, they really sat down with me taught me concepts of finances concepts of how money works and really took down my information and made a plan that worked for me rather than like save two hundred dollars maybe you can't save two hundred dollars right now you know mm-hmm. but they really like let me put in what I felt comfortable and just what worked for me at the time. Yeah. So you would suggest going to a freelancer then instead of going to, you know, your typical bank. So like Canada Trust or like RBC or anything like that. Yeah. I've also heard a lot of things that, you know, like banks will do anything to take your money. Banks will do anything to make a profit off of you. So honestly, like I would rather go to someone who is trained professionally and is independent that Mm -hmm. you can trust. So yeah, I would honestly much rather come to you than go to a bank, to be honest. (laughs) That's just my opinion. (laughs) are free (laughs) for anyone. Mm -hmm. You can always reach out. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to talk about the whole concept of having multiple sources of income. So I'm like super big um, on listening to a lot of motivational speakers, a lot of Um, people who are very prominent in the business scale of things. And they all preach, you know, you have to have multiple sources of income to be successful. You have to have, you know, seven, the average millionaire or something has like seven streams of income or something like that. What is your opinion on that? Do you think it's essential to have seven or more, or maybe can you get away with like three? What do you think about that? That's a good uh, question, Ashley, because first I think just taking the word success or successful and really like defining that for yourself because that can mean different things to different people, right? So I think in terms of being successful, I think you can be successful with just one stream of income if that is your definition of success. But with multiple stream of income, it definitely gives a lot more security and that's what's different because like I mentioned, there are people who are happy with one stream of income, but then pandemic hits and then they get laid off. And then what do you do? Maybe if you're in Canada, you, there's EI, there was, we had SERP and whatnot, but what about other places? Like I come from Indonesia, like we didn't, we, it was very lacking in like those um, financial aids, right? Um, 
yeah, so that would be my opinion. I think in terms of successful, like you can make your own definition of that, but security wise, that would be a different story. Yeah, I totally agree with you because for me, like the most important thing to me is just having my own home eventually and just being financially stable, not necessarily chasing all the materialistic things, you know, the typical like, oh, like I drive a Lamborghini and I have cash flowing out of my wallet and stuff like that. It's like "Mm," as much as that would be like cool to have, like not everyone is going to want that, but then also not everyone is going to want to be like a stay at home mom or something like that. So yeah, I really agree with you that like finding your own definition of success Mm -hmm. is super important because it, it could be so different for so many different people. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, But I want to go back to the topic of investing because I've just recently gotten into investing. When I turned 19 last year, I opened a TFSA and then they kind of introduced me to um, mutual funds and stuff like that, which at the time I was like terrified because I had no idea what I was doing. I just walked into the bank and was like, here's my money, please put it somewhere and hopefully it'll grow. And yeah, like I literally had no clue what I was doing. So what would you say to someone who is like a little bit timid into the whole investing thing, like, or if they think it's too risky, how would you um, talk to that person and kind of coerce them for lack of better terms of like getting into that kind of stuff? I would be like, do what Kenzie did. (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) That was great that you did that. And it is scary. Even when I started, um, I mean, I'm very grateful to have my, one of my good friends and her trainer, who's also my trainer now, and they're great at, in like explaining things. But even then it took me a while to really understand things. Um, but I, I just know that I don't want my money sitting there doing nothing. So one of the things is, like I mentioned, just go for it, even if you don't fully understand it yet. Um, but for me, like to not invest is riskier because a lot, something that people don't realize is inflation, which is usually what, like two to 3% every year. But I think this year confirmed by media as well, they're talking about five to 6% in Canada, maybe even more. Just That's really high. Yeah. And so there's so many things like if you have a car, your payments have interest. If you have a home, your mortgage has interest. So why would you want, I think that would be the easiest thing to say is like, why would you want your money sitting there doing nothing? And it's been proven like people who are wealthy all invest. And I think also like when people hear the word invest if they're not very financially literate is they think of the stock market and it can get very scary because the media is always like stock market down like yeah stop like people lost this much um but and yes it can be scary but there's so many other ways in investing than just doing stock market things so yeah, reach out to your local bank, to your local financial advisors to learn more about that. Yeah, for sure. I totally get what you mean with the media and everything. I know a couple of my friends have been talking about potentially investing in the stock market and researching it. And I bought a book about a year ago on it and I still haven't read it because I just 
it's like, what do I do? Where do I put this? Like, when do I take it out? Like, it's just like so confusing to me, but hopefully I'll get to that one day. But yeah, I think going to the bank was for me, honestly, a little bit scary because I did it by myself. I didn't like, obviously my parents have been kind of helping me out here and there, but walking into the bank by myself, not really knowing what I was doing was a little bit terrifying to say the least, but yeah. Um, so in terms of saving money, so you said you didn't really, you don't think that having your money sitting somewhere doing nothing is a good idea, but what are ways that our generation can start to save money or get ahead on saving money for the future? Ooh, okay. So one of the things that not enough people do is actually put a tangible measure to their goal. Like people talk about, I want to be rich. I want to be stable. I want a house. But when I ask, one of the things that I do in my initial appointments with my clients is, okay, you want a home. How much is, a, is your dream home? Most people don't know that. They don't have an idea of how their dream home look like, you know? And, and sometimes, and that's okay. I'm not saying that you need to get everything set, but it really helps when you know how much it is, like the thing that you want costs. And then that way it's like, you know how much to save monthly. And it's just a lot easier to break down like, let's say you want to save $5,000 for this year in, in, a, in a span of a year. So how does that look like monthly? How does that look like daily even, right? And I think this is not what, something that not a lot of people are doing. They're just throwing words like, I wish I have this much money. Like you can, if you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would be a tip is like, know how much your goals cost you. Yeah. So like really sitting down and like planning it out, like on a piece of paper, you would like recommend doing that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was watching your reels this morning and I came across <laughs> one. I know it's so funny. I came across one and you were talking about mindset and like money mindset. So I think a lot of us nowadays, like we see what's going on with the housing market and how expensive and inflated everything is. And I know for me, like I am quite stressed out about one day having to afford my own house because like, you know, it's upwards of a million dollars, which is a lot of money. And right now I don't have like a stable job per se to like afford that. So it's something that we like are really starting to think about. So how would you say you switch your mindset to be more like abundant towards money like how would you say you switched your mindset and how do you teach people to do the same Ooh, that's an interesting one because that was like that came with a lot of process too and a while um maybe up until like two years ago I told myself like oh I not, not that I wasn't pursuing it. I think I was, I would be content if I don't have my own property here in Vancouver, but that changed in just within a year um, since I learned more about finance and, you know, we were given a lot of business trainings as well, a lot of motivational speakers, and I'm trained by so many great people who are only in their late 20s, early 30s, and they have properties of their own. So that really motivated me and switched uh, that. So I think firstly is obviously surround yourself with the people you want to become. That's so important. 
um, the people who have things you want, I'm not saying like to ditch all of your friends yeah. or at least with people who are striving towards the same goals as you, who understands uh, what it takes, how much it takes. And in terms of mindset, well, that really helped with the mindset too. And I think also like with housing in Vancouver, you know what, honestly, I still get a little scared sometimes looking at numbers. Um, I think also people not, of course I preach a lot about, you know, like having big goals and whatnot, but people really want to jump from one to a hundred fast. Yeah. So yeah, the house I want is like $2 million, $3 million, but when I see an opportunity to get something that's a little cheaper, you know, I don't have a family of my own yet, so I can live in a, in a one bedroom. And if that's something I can afford in the next few years, I'm going to get that. And that, that would be my like step 20, step 30. And once I got things a lot more figured out, maybe I have more when I earn a, a little more, I can get something a little bit more expensive. And I think that's one of the things I've been learning the past year is to be okay making little changes rather than just jumping into like, oh, a $2 million house is so expensive. And it, it is expensive, but I'm not saying that it's impossible for you to achieve that. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. That's yeah. Knowing to go like step-by-step. Step. I totally agree with like, I think I think mainly with our generation, we kind of have a tendency to set goals for ourselves and visualize this future that we want. But I feel like a lot of people don't either A, they don't map it out properly or B, they just expect it to just randomly come and they don't put in the work. They don't want to put in the work kind of thing. So I think yeah. it's really interesting like to really like sit down and like if something happens that doesn't necessarily go your way like something mm -hmm. you know like a pandemic for example like if we got sick again like if the whole world went to shit again like you know what yeah. I mean like no one's gonna like forecast that to happen yeah. like no one could have known I mean maybe some scientists like yeah. they can figure I don't know like technology these days who knows but like I like no one can really like forecast that so I think yeah it's really important to like sit down and reevaluate I guess your situation like as it goes on because you know we can't control the future we have no idea what's going to happen sure. so for sure yeah I think like having a long-term goal would probably be good but then also like changing that like knowing that that plan is going to change is also really key mm -hmm. yeah and also one of the things just a little addition to like the whole mindset thing one of the uh, some of the things that I've learned the past year learning more about money um is also like going back a lot okay this is also based on my observation with clients and talking to people reaching out to people offering help um a lot of people are very scared to talk about money because of old habits because of sorry not their old habits um uh, but because of behavior towards money that was shown to them as they're growing up so say that money was the cost of fights in their family or money was, you know, it was the cost that they have things in their family and that really showed. And of course it's not their fault, 
Um, but those are one of the things that you could always look back as like, how is money introduced to your life and go back a little bit into those memory lane. And that would really help in switching the mindset as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me, because like my family, we don't have a lot of conversations about it, but then it's also not really brought up usually as well. But I've always had like talks with my parents, like say one month, like my credit card bill is like super high. I would always be like, oh, what do I do? Like, I don't know. Cause my job is like very kind of all over the place right now. So it's not very stable. Like one month I'll have pretty good bank balance the other month it'll look kind of bad but you know like that's just kind of how it goes but I think like as I was growing up like I wasn't like encouraged to speak about it but I also knew that I could go to my parents for help so Mm -hmm. I really feel for people that didn't have the same I guess privilege as I did that like if they weren't able to speak to their parents or maybe they didn't have parents to teach them Mm -hmm. anything about money I think that it's really important because you know like you go to your parents for guidance you go to them for help and like those are the people that are your like primary teachers besides like your school teachers like I don't think anyone else is really in that position to show you these things so yeah I think it's super important for parents even to have like conversations with their children surrounding money because you know like psychology says that whatever your parents teach you you pass on as well Yeah. Right. So I think like if you have clients that are kids, like even teaching them how to teach their kids eventually about money would be like super important because otherwise it's going to be this like constant cycle of like fear and anxiety, which I've seen with a lot of people. And it's really interesting to see like how that where that comes from. And if that comes from their parents, if it comes from the Internet, if it comes from the media, like who knows? But I think like maybe taking that step like could potentially like break the cycle yes yeah for sure yeah that's that's the key breaking the cycle breaking the bad habits for sure yeah I think our generation is in that process of like you know what do they call it like breaking old patterns Mm -hmm. and intergenerational traumas oh my gosh yeah I've been reading (laughs) so much about that it's like and it comes in so many ways, including money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like heal your inner child wounds yeah. and like yeah. all that stuff. I mean, like I've definitely been doing my research on that too, but yeah. it's kind of interesting how it like correlates with so many different things, like yeah. not even just your habits, like, but also your mindset towards not just money, but other things too, like yeah. even like jobs and For like sure. how successful you are. It's, it's sure. so interesting. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of sources, how do you know what sources to trust on the internet? Because everybody knows nowadays, like, there's so many ads, there's so many different sites, there's, like, there's just an abundance of information on the internet, but nobody knows, like, how to pick out what's factual and what's maybe not, like, up to date. Like, how do you find sources that are reliable on the internet? Um, well, I'm really grateful because I am under a broker agency. So I would say we have pretty like reliable information that gets passed on to me. Again, it's really difficult. I think also why I advocate to either go to your local bank or to your local um, 
broker financial professionals is because everyone everyone's situation is different and what their needs are different. So even if what you're seeing on the internet <clears throat> is true, it may not work for you. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's, it's so much more than like, what are the information to trust? It's also like what works for you and what works for me would differ as well. Yeah, because like everyone has different circumstances and obviously everyone's bank accounts are going to look different too so yeah I agree with that um but I want to kind of get into like the topic of personal development because I feel like on your page it's not just speaking about money but it's also you know like becoming a better version of yourself and you're all about like women empowerment and which I love I absolutely love so (laughs) one thing I wanted to ask you was how and like on a general consensus like do you incorporate personal development into your life like what does your morning routine look like like do you read a lot kind of that kind of thing oh um obviously it goes up and down I'm gonna be honest the past two three months has been very stressful for me so I haven't been the top with like my prayers meditation workouts eating healthy that's my spiel. That's my reality. Um, but two weeks ago, I did get back to my fitness. So that feels good. Um, how should I say? Like, I think, like you say, everything incorporates to each other, right? Like wanting to build wealth, wanting to build um, like better relationships with people around you. It's like it needs to start from your internal self uh, by shifting those mindset. Um, I'm gonna start a little bit about like shifting mindset around money. Like one of the things I shifted a lot the past year is I started looking at money as a tool to get the things I want uh, to be with the people I love because one of the misconceptions about money is like it's fruit of all evil and there's so much stigma like if you want money you're materialistic but you know for me it's like having more money I can see my family because I'm an immigrant here having money I can treat my friends having money I can do great things with people I love and it gives it brings joy to me And so that's one thing. And in order for me to do those things, I need to incorporate like better habits, you know, for me to have like more energy during the day, I have to eat healthier. I have to work out. I have to keep myself active. Um, And that also helps with like having a better mood as well. So it, everything is so interconnected, like it's mm-hmm. difficult to isolate, just like, oh, work out. But then like, what does it do? It actually makes you happier, less stressful. And, you know, when you eat healthier too, and it just makes you a lot more motivated to do things and do the things that you want to achieve. Yeah, I find that too. Like when I go to the gym, it's not it's not just because I have goals like strength goals or aesthetics goals, but mainly as in like a way to release stress. And it just makes me feel so much better that I'm actually moving my body and not just sitting at a desk all day doing homework because I'm still a student. And, you know, creating content is also very like 
you know, you might like move around to like pose for a picture or something. But other than that, like it's not very active. It's not a very active career. So I totally agree that like finding time to exercise is super important. Everything is so intertwined as well. Like obviously like your eating habits will correlate with exercise, Mm -hmm. your um, mindfulness practices will correlate with brain health and all of that. So it is very intertwined, but do you have like a set like morning routine or does it kind of change every day? Uh, morning routine. It's, I think one of the things why I was kind of slacking off the past few months was because I was working really far from where I live, mm. but I'm very grateful that I recently got a job just the past three weeks, uh, only like 10 minutes walking distance from home. So I've been a lot better at like waking up earlier. Um, I do my morning prayers. Sometimes I do a little bit of just like 15 to 20 minute stretches. Um, And I think that's what's important too, because sometimes people wake up and want to, I want to do an hour of yoga. Then it's Mm -hmm. like, start with 10 minutes or even five minutes if that's all you have and then start building from that. And that's what I've been doing. Um, I started off with like 15 minutes and then the past week I added like an extra five minutes. And hopefully my goal is to wake up earlier so I can have half hour of stretching and yoga and a glass of water <laughs> I know it's yeah. basic and like mainstream but it's so important it changes mm-hmm. your appetite in the morning it helps you like refresh uh freshens you up when you get up um I think that's pretty much it honestly if I don't cook the night before and then I'll make food yeah or- honestly like when it comes to morning routines in my opinion the simplest the s- the most simple it can be that was not English was that English I don't even know (laughs) English is weird (laughs) English is weird um I guess the more simple your morning routine is the better it is and I'm just saying that for like personal experience because I don't know like I've had days where I've taken like an hour to do a morning routine or and I've had days where I've taken like 15 minutes just get up and wash my face and drink some water and then there you go and I think with our um, generation and the whole like that girl trend which I talked about on another episode like people are yeah like people are getting lost in the concept they're getting lost in the aesthetics of it they're getting lost in like how can I make this Instagram picture look so pretty you know what I mean but like they're not really focusing on the things that genuinely make them happy like like you said like people get up in the morning and they like they take like an hour to do a a yoga flow or something like that like who has an hour in their morning to like that's a long time like there's only so many hours in the day like not everyone is going to have a whole hour to spend doing yoga like that's not realistic for majority of people I would say but even just like getting up and like doing the things that make you happy you know what I mean like Because a lot of the time, like I'll see people, they make their like like aesthetic drinks. Like for me, I just have like a plain coffee in the morning because like, you know, basic, it's easy. It takes five seconds. Yes. Yeah. It literally takes five seconds. And then there's the people that do all these extra things. And I feel like if you like doing that, it's great and it's amazing. But I think like we're just getting lost in the whole like aesthetic thing about it. Do you, do you feel that? 
Yeah, definitely. I know people who are like, I want to get up and like do this, do that. I'm like, do one thing at a time, mm -hmm. one thing and like make it short, make it five minutes, 10 minutes. And once you're used to it after like a week or two, then add a little more and, you know, kind of going back to like making those tangible goals and breaking it down and going from like step one, step two, maybe like a few steps ahead and yeah, going back to like a lot of people just want to jump from one to a hundred right away. Yeah. And it's just, it's not, it's not realistic in the slightest. Like you can't expect to like, okay, this is going to be a really weird example, but you can't expect to pick up a guitar and be able to play it properly and sing at the same time. Like, no, it takes practice. It takes, <laughs> it takes trial and error. It takes a lot of time to figure out like what works best for you. And like, if anyone's listening to this and they might be a little bit like confused about like how to optimize their morning routine, like yeah. what I would say is just do whatever makes you happy. Like do whatever makes you get up in the morning and be like, I am excited to do this. I really want to do this. Like if that's the way that you think about your morning routine, you're golden because it's essentially it's whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? So as long as it's making yeah. you happy and it's, it's making you happy and it's keeping you healthy. Like, yes, by all means, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, literally. Make and sure then, it's healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the last question I want to ask you, mm -hmm. um, which is another thing you were talking about on your Instagram, was your opinion on hustle culture. Because that's another thing. It's like nine to five, grind, 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 no sleep, stay up until two in the morning working and all that stuff. And to me, it's just like, oh my goodness, like how is anyone supposed to live in this culture that we have? So like, what's your opinion on that? I have come to a place where I think it's unhealthy, obviously. And I did kind of, honestly, I admit, I did kind of fall into that glorific glorification, is that English? <laughs> <laughs> you know, romanticizing it. Although I never really got into doing it itself like staying up so late to do work and whatnot maybe back back when I was doing homework in university but it's not really hustling um, but other than that I never really got to do that thankfully but I did fall into like whenever I listen to motivational speakers who say only rest when you're done not when you're tired and I was like oh but I'm i just need my at least seven hours of sleep okay yeah I haven't been able to stay up or wake up like at 4 a.m in the morning to do whatever they do whatever these people promote but now after like again redefining my success um and what I really want my life to look like I it's more of what's toxic is when you promote it to people if yeah. that works for you, that's great. And that's what you love doing. That's great. But it's when people is promoting that and obviously being con condescending about it to mm -hmm. others who don't do it is when it that becomes toxic. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I feel like it's so pushed on the internet and especially on like Instagram and TikTok and all that. And like, you have people like, um, I don't know if you've heard of David Goggins before, but no, yeah, so my boyfriend is really like into his work, but he's like, he went into the army or something and was he like, 
he just kind of endured all these tough things just to make himself like more mentally tough. And then I see like him kind of replicating certain patterns and like not sleeping enough and like just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'm looking at him like, oh my gosh, like, does it ever stop? Like when does it ever, <laughs> when does it stop? Like I'm like, I'm genuinely like concerned, you know what I mean? And I'm not that kind of person. Like I used to think that, you know, staying up late and like getting all your stuff done and like not taking rest was essential for getting to where you want. But I think in the long run, if you sit and you take a moment to just relax and just do nothing and take a rest, then that's going to gear you up to be able to do those things that you want to do in the future. And it's going to make you more efficient and you're going to be more rested and you're going to be able to stay up and you're going to be able to work harder and also smarter at the same time. So like when I see things that are like, you know, stay up until two in the morning, like finishing your assignment. I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to bed. Like, I'm sorry. Like this can wait. Like, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not worth the sacrifice to me. It's really not because in the, in the end, if you're chasing something that you want to do, like say, for example, you want to start a business and you're working so hard on this business. Yeah. It's important to keep going and it's important to work on it as much as you can, but in the end, like if you are spending all this energy on it and you have no more energy at the end, it's like, what do you do? You're kind of stuck. Right. So honestly, I think it's just a whole like scam to be honest, like (laughs) the whole like grind set. I think, I think also though, part of it, like the whole hustle culture, this is one of the things that uh, one of my friends said in my live video is the whole, that whole hustle culture would, was kind of based on support for like freelancers and business owners who had to go through those things, which I uh, somewhat agree. And I could see, I could see that. Um, And, you know, supporting people who are breaking older patterns with the nine to five and whatnot, which is great. But then when you endure something too much, it just becomes so like romanticized and, it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. It's like this, this vision of what it should be. But then when you're actually doing it, it's a completely different thing. And you're like, I'm so burnt out. I'm so tired. I can't do this. Like, like it's not good. It's not cool. No, it's not cool. I I don't think it's cool in the slightest. I think if you work hard and achieve something that you really want to do, then that's amazing. And that's good for you. But if you're literally like literally killing yourself to get to that point, I think that like there's so many other ways that you could do things without like sacrificing your time, your time with friends, your time with family, time to yourself, like even that, like there's just so many different options you can take. So I, yeah, I agree with you that it's kind of, you know, it's romanticized. It's definitely something that a lot of people tend to look to, to start like a lifestyle change. It's like, zero or the extreme and then they go from zero to the extreme and then they're like oh my god what do I do now I'm so tired yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I love that I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page of things yeah I'm trying I'm gonna really try to make a point of eliminating that stigma and like using my platform to say to people you know what you don't have to kill yourself to achieve your goals you can take yeah. it step by step what's the rush what's the rush? Like enjoy the freaking process. It's going to take a whole process if you want to start something that's worthwhile and something that you love to do. So why are you like shoving everything into the span of a year when you could 
drag it out for maybe two years and have so much more fun and have so much more joy doing that thing. You know what I mean? Like not worth it. Not worth it to me anyways. (laughs) Exactly. Or just like, I think making goals is always great, but then, you know, when you don't achieve it in a span of time that you wanted it to be, or you don't achieve the numbers you wanted, I think it's important to not to punish yourself and not to be too hard on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's everything I have for today, but thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed having you. Of course, I enjoyed this conversation too. It was great. Thank Mm -hmm. you for being. Yeah. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, like where can they find you? Can they DM you? Like how do they go about doing that? Yeah, for sure. My Instagram is just at I'm Dia. So it's the the letter I-M-D-H-I-A. Yay. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, if you guys have any questions on anything finance related, anything money related, she's your girl. She will help you out. Free consultations, correct? I heard that right. (laughs) Consultation and just honestly, anytime you reach out. So my services are free. Um, I'm on uh, commission based. I get paid by the company when you open something. Perfect. All right. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And I'll see you guys soon. Yeah. Have a good rest of the afternoon. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to take a screenshot and post your story and tag the Nova Project. I love to see when you guys are listening and if you guys enjoyed the episode and if you got some value from it. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on Spotify to follow the podcast just so we can boost the algorithm and push the podcast to new listeners. So as always, I love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.